special guest tonight uh, helping me out is Deweese, if Deweese can join in. Good evening. How are you doing? Hi, Deweese. Oh, you so doing all right? You? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thank you for helping me out tonight while Krista's recovering from some wrist surgery. No problem. Glad to be here. Yeah. So, so we tonight have uh, Lindsay Ripa from Utah. Um, let's see if Lindsay can come on in and join in with us. Hello, Lindsay. Hello. I will show you the video later, apparently. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? All right. Um, I am, I guess, probably mainly a Southerner. Um, I grew up most of my life in Texas, even though I was born in California. Uh, formative years in Texas. I did my college years in um, Alabama and at Auburn University. Uh, then went back to the West. I, I went to uh, live in Colorado for a few years, um, which is where I learned to fly. And uh, now I'm in Utah. So I've been kind of a little bit over the map, but mainly, mainly in the South and in the West. Okay. Deweese, you got a question? Um, not yet. <laughs> okay. All right. So what got you, I guess, first off, um, how old were you when you started flying? So I started pretty much right, um, right after grad school. My, my first year in working, I was 23, I think at the time. Um, so fairly young. And, uh, I think you were kind of alluding what got me into it. Um, that would be, so I, I really didn't even know what paragliding was. I like kind of knew what base jumping was. I was seeing skydiving. I didn't know paragliding existed. Um, but my, uh, now fiance, um, boyfriend at the time, he, is a big time kayaker and a lot of kayakers were getting into paragliding. One of his friends convinced him to do a speed riding lesson. Um, so he started to do that in Vail, Colorado. And he showed me a video of him launching and I was like, whoa, that looks cool. <laughs> um, so I don't, I don't know. Like, I really can't pinpoint. It was just, it, it seems like such a big life decision to just like do nonchalantly, but I pretty much just like I had a tax refund that year. And so I put the money down on lessons and was just like, I'm going to do it without doing a tandem or anything. I just went full into the course and they worked out. <laughs> nice. So what did it feel like the first time you stepped out there in open air? It was kind of crazy. We have a, uh, so I live in Boulder, Colorado. So we have this like little training hill. It's, um, the whole thing is probably like 680 feet, but it's got like multiple launches. I was taking off the lower launch for the, the first time. And uh, that's probably like 350 feet off the ground. So it's got a long runway. So I just remember like trying to keep my wing like overhead perfectly enough for my instructor to like actually let me keep running. Cause we're like half a football field away from the launch to make sure that you're like really going to uh, uh, launch correctly. Um, so, but, but I do remember like the first one, I was like, wow, it's happening. It's happening. It's happening. <laughs> and then it was like, okay, now I need to set up for landing because <laughs> I'm 300 feet in the air. It's time to land. So <laughs> it was, it was cool. Um, and, and you, you do lots of laps. So I, I was, I landed and was like, oh my gosh. And then went right back up. <laughs> That's neat. 
We draw mute Jade. Yep. How long were you up in the air for that first one then? Oh my gosh, probably like 30 seconds. <laughs> um, <laughs> like just in a straight, you know, our, our instructor is just like, you know, make a slight turn left, make a slight turn right. Okay, get out of your harness. It's time to land. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So obviously you do paragliding. Paragliding. Yes. I have never done paramotoring. I've never used trike or anything like that. Strictly paragliding. But maybe I'm like not very mechanically inclined. Um, so that, <laughs> I think I would need to uh, become more mechanically inclined. Um, but one of my friends just started uh, doing it over the, the great um, like the salt flats up north and the photos were pretty breathtaking. It was, it was cool. New perspective. So how far away are you from Moab? Moab is like two, a little over two and a half hours away to the east. Okay. And I think I did some reading and you've got like some hot springs where you're from. Secret. (laughs) (laughs) I know we do. We do. So we have, we have, um, some, the, the uh, Mystic Hot Springs is like the commercial operation and it's cool. There's a guy there, his name is Mystic Mike. He's like an old deadhead who moves to the area and he's got all these converted school buses. And yeah, we have um, mineral hot springs, which is really nice because then you're not smelly like sulfur hot springs. Um, and then we have a locals hot spring pretty close by that uh, we frequent. Is that what the bathtubs? No, ours, the bathtubs is um, Mystic Mike's place. Oh. Okay. All right. So yes. when you were when you were um learning, what size wing were you using versus what you use now? I was probably uh, I think my very first flight was on like a Nova Prion. I think that's the A wing. Um and I was I was probably like what is theirs like the XS, like a, a 23 or 24 meter wing. Um, I fly a Delta four now, and that is a 22 meter wing. Although I have flown, um, the XS and the brand, I've flown 20 meter wings as well and mini wings and stuff. Um, but I, I do prefer being in that like 21 to 22 meter versus, versus 24 meter. Okay. What? All right. Um, how many years have you been doing this? About four and a half at this point. Yeah, okay. it'll be, I got signed off in August, the month of August. So about, about four and a half. Okay. I think, I think you're just a little girl. How old are you? I mean, you know, you I'm, just I, I'm 28. I'm 28. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you don't look that old. Everyone looks young to 28? us, Louise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's because I'm an old lady. <laughs> Um, do you keep track of your flights, Lindsay? Yeah, I keep track of my flights. I have no idea how many number of flights I have, but I have about 475 hours at this point. Okay. Wow. That's pretty awesome. Do you know what your highest altitude was that you've been at? Like 17,000 something. I really want to break the uh, 17999 club because that's pretty uh common out here in the mountain west um a lot of times cloud base is a lot of times cloud base is like 21 to 22,000 feet so people are fighting to to stay in a airspace 
it's, it's funny you go to other places and they're worried about like regulated airspace we're just worried about class a airspace <laughs> all right um let's see what are some of your scariest moments do you have any yeah yeah um that what do they always say like if you can survive your first year paragliding <laughs> you're good um i had a i have a few um uh, the the most like uh the, i guess the best story is um one time i went to uh take off from a, a pretty big air mountain launch um in colorado it's called williams uh famous hang gliding launch paragliders fly there now too but um I just didn't understand weather very well at the time and I was pretty freshly signed off. So I went and um, we went up to the top launch and it was like ripping. It was like 30 miles an hour. And the people I were with were just like, oh, you know, let's go down to the, um, the lower launch, which looking back seems like a crazy idea. But uh, so we went down to the lower launch and since it was early and the air wasn't mixing or anything yet, I, I took the sledder and it was great, it was pretty. And we went back up for another. And um, at that point, I think it was like 11, 11.30. So the air was starting to definitely mix, get more active. And um, I remember my my boyfriend launched and um, the air was not good. Um, he was uh, taking collapses, but I thought it was just like normal. And then another guy launched and I didn't like the uh, aesthetic of being, uh, having the boys in the air and the girls on the ground. So I was like, I'm going to launch. And I just immediately started going up and backwards. And so I realized I was getting blown over the back of the mountain. Um, later, after talking to friends that day, they found out there was like a wave setting up over the mountain range in front of us. So I was just on my A-wing getting blown up and back. And all I remembered was that I could I didn't know how to spiral. I didn't know how to do anything like that yet. So I, uh, I pulled the absolute biggest big years that I could and um, just did like weight shift wingovers for 15 minutes, it felt like, um, until I, I got to the ground um, and then just beeline stalled it to collapse it and balled it up and put my feet down wherever they landed, which was kind of like in the shrubs and walked about a mile to the landing zone. So wow. that was a, uh, uh, luck experience jar transfer for sure. Um, right. but it made me realize that I needed to learn weather and I, um, have really tried to do that the last few years. Hmm. How about any of your best flights? Oh yeah. So there's, yeah, there's lots of really good ones. Um, my, my first, like, wow experience um was in beer india um which is just an amazing training ground for flying um because you have this ridge like every five kilometers it feels like so there's like a trigger point like every glide um you just kind of have to like use the thermal um and i was a pretty low airtime pilot at that point and so i was able to um fly all the way to where the Dalai Lama lives um, and not fly right over because that's not allowed, but pretty close and fly all the way back. And um, I was able to fly like at cloud base and with Himalayan vultures, which are just massive, like 20 foot wingspan um, vultures. So, and, and all on my like little low B 
glider in my open heartness, like trying not to freeze to death. <laughs> yeah, that was that was um one of my one of my better flights. And I've had really great flights in Columbia, great flights um down in Texas at Dave Prentice's competitions. I've had great flights here just thermaling around after work. Um our our mountains um they they light up gold during September with aspen trees and it's pretty special to just soar over soar over those. But you've been to a lot of countries. Yeah, I um I I really didn't like my first job. Um so after a couple of years uh we we had saved up some money and I just quit my job with no prospects. Um and we decided to just travel and get some airtime. Went to uh, Indonesia, to India, Nepal, where we were for a pretty long time, um, and Spain. And that was about nine nine months of uh, being unemployed and just flying. Wow, <laughs> it was pretty cool. But I was, you know, I I didn't. I didn't have like a mortgage and I don't have any kids. I didn't have any school debt. So I was like, well, this is, there's not going to be a better time than right now. So I might as well just do it. Why did you come back? I mean, I know because I ran out of money. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, really like on, I, when I applied for the job that I had now, like on the day that I got my first paycheck, I had like $35 in my bank account. <laughs> it was really ran it close. <laughs> Wow. All right. Um, fly-ins. Have you been to any fly-ins? I bet you have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been to fly-ins. Um, so the ones I've been to have been all great. I've been to uh, Millie Wallace's uh, paragliding pixie fly-in, which um, inspired me later down the line to throw my own ladies fly-in, which is the Rocky Mountain Swifts fly-in. Um, and I've also, of course, gone to the famous Red Rocks Fall Fly-In, um, which is where there's, you know, three to 500 paragliding pilots soaring the skies in little Monroe, Utah, um, which is where I live now. Nice. Have you done any competitions? A couple. Um, I've dabbled in a couple. I've done um, just towing competitions, which is crazy because... I don't really consider myself like a big tow pilot, but um, I I just kind of got hooked on Dave Prentice's competitions. They're really fun and like low key. Um, I'd like to do I'd like to do some of the uh, like Applegate and Chelan stuff like that um, in the coming year. I also really want to do the hike and fly uh, competition that Gavin McClurg just started in our area. Um, I don't currently have a hike and fly kit, so I need to piece that together because my current kit's like 55 pounds I don't really want to hike and fly with that um but I, I would like to uh apply and, and try to do the uh, hike and fly competition here because uh home turf advantage <laughs> yeah so we had a couple of weeks ago we had a gal on and she's originally from Germany and um she lives in Boston and Bianca? yeah yeah do you know her yeah, I know Bianca. I actually interviewed her a couple of years ago. <laughs> I do. Okay. Yeah. So the other thing is, did I get your name from Alicia? Uh, Alicia Lynn. Um, she's been one of our guests. I'm trying to remember what her last name is now on here. Um, but she was one of our guests also. So 
Um, yeah, Bianca was pretty awesome. And then she, her boyfriend, um, does that hike and fly. Yeah. And Mordo, he was in the X Alps. I mean, they're like a super badass power couple. Like they're both amazing pilots. Yeah. I think cool. I watched part of that on TV. Did you? <laughs> I think they had that on TV and I watched part of it. Yeah. Probably on like the Red Bull X Alps channel. Yeah. I think I did. Yeah. 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 So I had, um, it was days, days long. I had asked her to come on for our Thanksgiving special and she was going to be down in Dubai. That's where he was doing that, I guess. And she had taken some pictures and videos. And the first day, I think if I understood it right, they got up there uh, and it was on top of like a beautiful skyscraper, but it was like, they had pallets up there and they're like, people were like, Whoa, you got to fly off of that. Well, then the <laughs> next day they had it better, but then they yeah. had, they had a, what do they call those pools that, um, like the infinity, pools? Infinity, yeah. infinity pool or whatever. Yeah. So they had paragliders flying right over the top or past these people on the top of a skyscraper, you know, in a pool. That was pretty that's awesome. Pretty neat. Yeah. That, that's definitely like a pretty unique hike and fly race. That was a different one. That was <laughs> like the, I don't even know what they called it. Um, like Dubai hike and fly. Um, that one just happened, but Eduardo was also in the, uh, the Red Bull X Alps and Bianca, um, has been his, uh, supporter. So super cool. Yep. Yeah. I'd definitely like to have her back on if we can get a bunch of you paragliding gals on. That'd yeah. She did fun. a good Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> in the <laughs> yeah, Tony and Angela had her going. Um, Mad Sloper's got a question and wants to know if you plan to try for the X Alps in the future. Uh, no. <laughs> I have to get a lot better. And also, I don't know, man, if you read like what the, what the paragliders say who do it, I mean, I'm, I, I consider myself really conservative. Um, even, even though I, um, want to push myself into a big mountain air, the conditions that they fly in is, um, beyond what I consider reasonable. I think it's beyond what they consider reasonable, <laughs> but they just do it for the competition. Hmm. So do you fly acro? Acro? No, I haven't ever done that. I mean, I, I've dabbled with like wing overs, but I, I don't um, know how to do any advanced. We call ours there. mini wing overs, right, Deweese? Uh, yeah, I, I call them. No, I don't do them. <laughs> Have you it, it seems cool though. Everyone, everyone who like progresses in the sport is really getting into acro. So if I can ever find the time to like take another sabbatical, I'd like to go to Turkey or something for a month and just um, not, not do like real acro, but I'd, I'd like to get dialed on my stalls and spins and stuff like that. Just things that keep you safe. Well, I know I saw that you must've been working on them. Like I saw, I said, I saw one of your videos or a picture, maybe you posted a description that you got a chance to work on some wing overs and I don't remember what else you were maybe doing. Who knows knows what I was doing, but yeah, I mean, I'll do like wing overs and spirals and stuff like that, but, um, but nothing too advanced because we don't have water in the West. And so I'm definitely pretty, like I said, pretty conservative on that. Um, and besides that, I mean, I'll go to, I'll go to SIV. Um, I've, I've gone to a couple of those, um, always over water, but 
uh, true acrobatics. I have never done, but highly respect everyone that does that. Does your fiance do acro? Yeah, he's really good. Um, Tyler Burns, he has amazing wing overs. <laughs> he'll, he'll go like all, all pretty much over his wing um, every time. He, he's got them really dialed. Um, but uh, I, I think that he would want to do the, uh, the true acrobatics, especially if we were able to do a trip to Turkey. Oh, nice. So Mad Sloper's got another question. Uh, what's on your bucket list for flying locations? Hmm. So I would like to go to, I don't know if I'm saying this right, so sorry if I'm not, but I want to go to the Dolomites um, in Northern Italy because it looks absolutely mind-blowingly beautiful. Um, I want to do the summer solstice flight in Alaska where they can like fly to midnight. Um, And I also really want to go fly in Slovenia um and Macedonia and of course the Alps like I want to go to Chamonix and to Annecy and all those places I've, I've never really flown in Europe except in southern Spain and um so I've never flown like the Alps and it just you know that's the Mecca so that would be super cool okay Deweese you got anything um no she covered the, my uh, question about the um SIV uh, well I did have one other question um she spent a lengthy time traveling and flying. Did she get tired and need to take a break or did she just keep on flying and traveling? Um, yeah, I, I, I don't get burnt out on traveling. I actually really love traveling. Um, but I have burnt myself out a couple times um, just pushing myself, um, you know, trying to progress and flying, you know, and, and sometimes scary conditions. So I have, I've definitely like gone through, and I think that's just like human and like part of paragliding is you like push, 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 push. And, you know, sometimes you push a little too far and then you take a little break and then kind of reevaluate and see what you want out of paragliding. And then you try again, like once you feel like you are, um, you have more to give. So yeah, it's, I, I think it's a normal like push pull relationship. Um, but but when you have nothing to do all day when you're unemployed and you go fly for a couple hours and it's not, it's not it's a, makes it okay. you just do nothing the rest of the day but drink tea and play chess. So my <laughs> brother <laughs> Steve wants to know if you have a cat. I do. Did you see him? Oh yeah, my, <laughs> I have two cats. <laughs> he's your, he's your cat, uh, cat tree. Yeah, yeah. There's one like sitting off in the distance right now, but they're they're lovely, Sheldon and Cayenne. <laughs> yeah. And um, I think it was Bill H wants to know your social media, where we can well, find you. It's just my name. Um, like if you can see on the screen, it's at Lindsay Ripa. Um, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Um, if you do have, uh, you know, bargaining female pilots, you can always um, tell them to reach out to me too. I really like to help and um, and uh, just answer questions, uh, especially to female pilots that want to try to get into the XC game or just get into paragliding in general. Well, that's why we did this show too, you know, so if you have anything that you want to put out and if we can help you in any way too, you know, um, maybe we can reach 
people also. Yeah, totally. That's like, that's the, that's the cool thing. Cause everyone's always like, oh, is that like 10% of girls fly or something? Like it's like 10% of the U.S. Um, pilot population is female. And um, yeah, I, I, I always say that I think that it's mainly that uh, I see plenty of girls learn. I just don't see that many stick with it. So, mm-hmm. Try to help them stick with it. So how many, so, with the fly-in that you help put together or you put together, how many um, do you have come to your fly-in? I think at this last one, they've been growing. Um, this last one I had, I think at the max, 32 women um, flying, which is awesome um, because you never see that many girls in one place uh, flying, especially like thermaling. So that was really cool. Um and yeah, it started a couple of years ago with the Swifts flying, um, but I invited guys to that too, which was great. I obviously have um, a lot of guy friends in this sport and learn from them and love spending time with them. Um, but it was funny when one time I threw out a ladies flying and I think there were like 20 girls and like 200 dudes. <laughs> it's like, yeah, welcome to the ladies flying. <laughs> We have to do that too. What do we, we have ladies fly in? We have to send we, all the guys have come to ours. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, that's what a couple of gals were trying to talk about having just a, a women's fly in, you know, for paramotoring. Yeah. And it's like, well, um, I'm not driving in the fifth wheel by myself, and I'm definitely not the mechanic, you know. So yeah. we'll have to stuff them in the in the fifth wheel, and he'll have to just wait in there left with all the rest of the guys right will <laughs> so i always say the guys are welcome as long as they're helping right yeah okay. so social media where can they find you uh it's just my name it's at Lindsay Ripa or just Lindsay Ripa on facebook i don't have tiktok or anything like that i feel like i'm too old for tiktok <laughs> i don't know how to use it <laughs> All right. Got any other questions, guys, in the chat or any questions, Deweese? Lindsay, do you have anything else to add? Um, hmm. John Wayne says women's fly-ins will always attract young men. I have definitely heard that. Um, <laughs> my my last plan, I so because I I've thrown the really big ones before, and then this one I made ladies only, um, but somehow the word still like you know gets out, <clears throat> and someone told me that there's like a group of guys coming to find their new girlfriends at my plan. <laughs> I was like absolutely not. Um, That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, you can't have all women's fly in. That's not going to happen. <laughs> but, uh, but the guys have always been like really supportive, especially the last one, um, and helping us like get to launch and like just being stoke masters around and and <clears throat> kind of uh, just during the fly in, like you know, letting the ladies have priority on launch. That was really nice. Um, so I always appreciate that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, so tell us, I, I think it was in just before we went on, um, you were telling about the location where you fly. It's the north and south winds. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Um, the so okay. where where I was before was um the point of the mountain in Utah. So I during COVID, I um I'd wanted to live in Utah, and I figured since we're going to be remote for a while, um I just asked my employer to um see if I could move to Utah for a bit. So I went to uh live in Sandy, which is right by the point of the mountain, famous flying site. Um, what you were referring to is that it. It's famous because of its consistency, which works off the um, Great Salt Lake and the lake effect of um, pulling in the wind and then breathing it out every single day. Um, so you get a lot of south wind in the morning, north wind in the evening. Um, and yeah, that that's an amazing training ground and an amazing scene too. Just, you know, it's a fun social scene of being able to go fly after work and then hang out on the lawn and like have a beer, dinner with your friends, like until dark and yeah, it's really fun. Hmm. Nice. Um, Mad Sloper is asking if you've flown in Santa Barbara, California. No, but I really want to. Um, now it's like an eight hour drive away and um, there's, they just had another ladies flying there um, by uh, Sarah Lockwood, who's a badass female pilot. And um, I just couldn't make the dates this year, but I'd like to next year. And in general, like it's supposed to be really good winter flying. Um, I know some girls down there that are um, building their airtime and I'm pretty jealous. <laughs> I'd like to go and uh, fly, fly the mountains and the beach right next to each other. So at your fly-ins, do, would you allow paramotor pilots to come? Yeah, of course. No reason not to. I've had hang glider pilots um, at the fly-in. I wish I could allow, uh, bring more speed wing, mini wing pilots too, but our our mountains are kind of slopey. They're really big, but they're not very steep like the Wasatch up in um, Salt Lake. So so you'd have a hard time with a mini wing, but um, don't see why not with paramoting. Like I said, we don't have really any airspace and we have giant fields to take off from. So <laughs> it's probably a great spot for it. Hmm. All right. Dweese, you got anything? Oh, no. He JP said, wants to know if you're related to Ripple. No. <laughs> Rip man. <laughs> um, Mad Sloper, uh, wait, Mad Sloper just commented, big girls fly in there. So at the Santa, Santa Barbara? Big girls? Yeah, Santa Barbara is really, yeah. They got good XC potential. And yeah, I have flown in Texas. Um, I've flown at Dave Prentice's uh, competitions in uh, Hearn, um, which is kind of down between Austin and Houston. Um, you fly pretty much the, the south wind that's really consistent off the Gulf um, every day. And just the goal is to fly until you hit Dallas airspace, really. That was always really fun. I've had my, my, my PB flights two years in a row at his competitions in Texas. So I have fond memories of it. <laughs> well, I guess um, I'll get to that in a second, but fun, fun Texas story. Um, you never know like what you're going to get with uh, landowners there. Um, so I was flying and I don't know, I think I bombed out like 50 K into the flight and I, there's a big, awesome, um, big, awesome field swing. And I was like, perfect. I'm going to land here and then do the whole like shimmy under the barbed wire. Once I pack my glider, all that, um, well, I get to the perimeter and it's just like an eight foot fence 
And I'm like, wow, this guy really likes privacy. I really don't want to knock on his door. And I, I was going through the whole property and I was like, there's gotta be like a like an out. Um, and there wasn't. And the front of his property was also gated shut. So I was like, definitely super trespassing, like scurrying through the bushes, trying to be inconspicuous. And I was like, either this guy really loves privacy or there's like wild animals in here. Like, why do you need an eight foot fence? <laughs> and so I had my XC kit too, which is like, 50 to 55 pounds. And so I just like, I tried desperately to throw it over the top and I was just like not strong enough. <laughs> and so I was gave up and like strapped it to as tight as I could and like scaled the fence and like swung my leg over, which was like way, it, that that one moment of like swinging is like way more dangerous than paragliding. And then I managed to get down and then I was like in between his fence and then the barbed wire fence. And then I was able to shimmy under that and like all this scrub oak wait for the retrieve van um so that's that's the I, I feel like the retrieve is like the most heinous part of flying in texas because the air is really gentle um and someone asked what's the best time of year to fly in monroe it depends what your um goal is if your goal is to fly as far as possible then it's going to be like um june um like yeah june uh july we get the monsoon um which really big thunderstorms um, that will dampen your flying um, for pleasure and for um, more moderate XCs, probably capped at 100 kilometers or uh, 62 miles um, would be September by far. September is a really good month. That's when, when our, the fly-in is and um, when most people come to fly the big mountain west. So what about for paramotors? I guess like you guys could come you know, pretty much any time, um, as long as, I, and if you were in the summer, it'd be, like, super early, but from what I understand, paramotors wake up pretty early anyways, um, and That's maybe, like, close to sunset, because even in the summer, like, I've had, I've had six meter a second thermals, 1200 foot a minute at, like, 7 p.m., so it's still on, um, in the summertime, but, I bet like late September through like early October would be amazing because usually it hasn't snowed yet, but the aspens are still there. And that I, I think it'd be so cool to like buzz all those aspen groves. The biggest, this is a nerd fact, the largest organism in the whole world is an aspen mangrove, um, which is behind our house about an hour and a half away. And uh, yeah, you can look it up. It's like the largest living organism in the entire world because aspen man, uh, mangroves are all interconnected. So, yeah. Oh. Sure. Hmm. Nice. I have a question. Mm -hmm. When you get towed, how high do they tow you up before you detach? Um, so there's like a regulation that they can't do more than 3,000 feet for a sanctioned competition. Um, but you're usually pinning off before that. Um, that's like a, it's like a, one part of it is feel and part of it is strategy and part of it is competence because it's so frustrating when you're like towing and then you get this like you can feel the thermal but you're like 400 feet off the ground and you're like there's no way <laughs> because if you I mean maybe but there's a pretty good chance you're gonna land so usually you're gonna pop off between like 1500 feet and 2000 feet if it's like a really like nil wind day and you're not getting very high on the toe then you're just gonna like 
go as high as you possibly can. Um, or if you just happen to get a bad cycle and, and it's sinky. Um, but I remember I was told that they usually tow at like two to three meters a second. So if you start to see like six, then that's a that's a good thermal time to time to ping off and don't hesitate too much or you'll just tow right through it. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely like a strategy to that. Um, but I have not, I am by no means an expert, but um uh trying but you to can learn. feel it. You can feel yeah, it. Yeah, you can definitely hard. feel it. Yeah. Um you can feel it in like the pressure under your seat and uh, the vario, you know, goes up. <coughs> so I got a couple of pictures. I'm going to do a screen share and then. I have to do that already. Um, mm -hmm. Is this out by your place? Can you see that? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, Bryce Canyon. It's me and a friend. And oh, that day was so cold. Um, that, that's our site. That's our home site. That's Cove, one of our launches, usually for the evenings. Um, and that was a day in February where um, I looked at the forecast and I was like, hey, it's like weirdly unstable this day. Um, but it wasn't really windy. It wasn't a front. I don't know what it was, but we launched and we were able to get, I rode like a convergence line to like 12,500 and I had to leave it because I was getting, I was so cold 12,500 in the dead of winter is like painfully cold I launched and all my instruments just died like immediately and I was I even had my little windshield on the on the uh pod harness and oh my gosh it was freezing but beautiful who is John Cohn uh he is a famous paraglider pilot he's been flying since forever and ever like the okay. early 90s Okay, because uh, Angela, I think she thought um, she was asking if you were related to him. So, oh no, not at all. Okay. <laughs> yes, he stopped my Facebook. Um, yeah, this is uh, <laughs> that's um, Annapurna Base Camp in Nepal. Um, the weather was bad in Nepal when we were living there for a week. So we just decided to go trekking. Um, I'd already done that hike before, but my fiance had not. So we went back up and I hadn't done it in the snow. So that was nice. Hmm. I didn't hike. I didn't do Annapurna. That was, that's like pretty gnarly, <laughs> um, but it's beautiful just to get to the base camp. And this, I, that was videos that I used from, um, uh, or the, video that you guys didn't see in the in the beginning <laughs> oh gotcha gotcha yeah that that still is from villa grove which is like a super famous hang gliding spot um for larry smith a flute um through his giant hang glider um fly-ins and that's where i had the swiss fly-in um for two years it's 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 a lot like monroe um like really rural really big mountains and um really spectacular views and really on. <laughs> so question, do you fly with a reserve or two? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, and I would, I would, I would never launch without a reserve. Um, I fly with two um, just because my pod allows for it. I bought the pod. I, I fly at an advanced impress for, um, and I got it specifically because it has two, just because I did, one time um, in a SIV maneuver, I, I I got 
kind of G-locked. Um, and so, and I kind of have short arms. And so <laughs> I, uh, I don't like the idea of like, if you take a collapse to your left and, and you go into a high G maneuver that I have to reach all the way to my right side. Like I want to, I want one on both sides or in the front, either one. But I, from that um, one experience, I don't personally think that one on one side is enough. Have you ever had to throw it outside of this IV? No. Hopefully not ever. <laughs> um, I've only thrown it for funsies at SIV um, and splashed down really gently. So they do work. <laughs> How about your fiance? Has he ever thrown? He, no. Hopefully knock on wood for him too. He's never thrown his reserve. Um, I don't think he even has an SIV. I think he said he, he wanted to do a different maneuver. Um, so yeah, I mean, I know that it's, it, it's rare, but, um, but I do, I like the peace of mind of having, have having to also, I usually need it to like have ballast for my wing anyways. So, cause the wing that I, I, I like to fly the ozone wings, but I'm weird on their weight range. So I'm like the very top of the extra small or like if I didn't fly the, um, or, or the very bottom of the small. So I have to have a really heavy harness and like two reserves and all that stuff to, to be within a reasonable point of the weight range for flying cross country. So you were talking about ozone. Um, so what size, did you say what size wing you're flying? I fly the small Delta four. And that's new. I got it like literally in, at the end of September. Um, I was flying the Swift five the high B, the lightweight one, um, for the last few years. Okay. All right. Also the small. I've flown the XXX Chili, um, but I, I do like the performance of the small over the extra small. I think that, that it's very noticeable. So you obviously have flown quite a few wings then. I've flown that. I've flown the Epsilon. I've flown a... Um, BGD Adam, and then I've flown some little cloud mini wings. Um, and I have a advanced or no, uh, Air Design Suzy three on its way, hopefully very soon, because I wanted a, a nice hike and fly wing to pair with like a little, a little lightweight harness. Because uh, we have a lot of foothills around here in the winter, that it would be nice just to go up and launch and land um, without logistics and anything like that. All right. So I'm going to add, try to add the, are you willing to stick around for a little bit or if not? That's yeah, totally. Also. So I'm not saying if I landed in a tree, I haven't, there's not a lot of trees out here. Um, I really hope I never landed one though. <laughs> Hang on. I'm going to type this in. <laughs> so um, Eric's going to type it in for me. If you're willing to stick around for a little bit in the after show, that would be awesome. If you can't, that's okay. And if your fiance is around, we'd be happy to have him join also. Um, I can stick around a few minutes. Okay. I, don't know, I think he's on the phone, but I can stick around. Okay. All right. I'm having a puppy dog fight here, apparently. So <laughs> um, just check in one last time to see if there's any questions. Question for the guest. What's her favorite type of tree to land in? Oh, okay. You know who that question came from. Yeah. <laughs> and Tony, any tree landings? Yeah. 
That's not. Hopefully never. <laughs> so um, I'm going to try this one more time, if you guys will allow me, because I work really hard on these and I don't know why they turn out. So I'm going to try my exit again. Yeah, I'd like to see it. It sounds good. <laughs> it's like I put all of her pictures in there. So I'm going to see if I can do it again. I'm going to share. Make sure I. Oh. So I don't know what's going on. I've got that screen. That's that same screen. Hmm. How about now? Let's see if we if it transfers over. Do we see it? Okay, here we go. So after this, if you guys want to join, we'll just shut it down shortly after the end of this video. Come and fly away with me. 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 Come and fly away with me.
freaking cold out here. <laughs> that was pretty cute. <laughs> All right. So, Lindsay, uh, thank you again for taking time tonight to hang out with us and hope, hope you're willing to stick around and meet some of our friends that come on in the after show. And everybody's yeah, welcome to join in. So um, just want to quick tell everybody, don't forget to watch on Monday nights, uh, Clear Prep TV with Sean Simon and Tuesday night hangouts with uh, my husband, Eric Lear and Shane, uh, Never Trust the Skinny Chef Shane. And don't forget our show each Wednesday night and Thursday night, paraglidingtalk.com with Linda's son, Robert Michael. And uh, please hit the like button and subscribe and appreciate you all for joining in and thank you for joining. <laughs> now I just got to find the end to say goodbye. <laughs> just making sure. All right, we're done. Whew. Still says live. Um, it went off on my, oh, uh, that's the recording here. I, let me stop the recording. <laughs>